Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Ashley Holmes. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media, on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and much more. NYC Emergency Management recently welcomed Zach Iskell as its new commissioner. In this episode, we will be speaking with him about his path to emergency management, his goals as a leader of the agency, and more. Thank you for joining us, Commissioner Iskell. Let's get started. So what sparked your interest in the field and how did you get started in the field of public service? Yeah. So first off, thank you guys for having me here. Thank you for what you do with this podcast. Uh, before uh, it was announced that I was coming aboard and even just through the interview process, you know, my wife and I had a couple long drives with the family and the kids on holidays, you know, sort of over uh, Christmas break, holiday break. And um, my whole family, we were tuned in, tuned in to the podcast, listening to it. It was fantastic. And uh, what a great entree to all the great work and some of the great people here at New York City Emergency Management. So thank you for having me here. You know, so to answer your question, uh, what sparked my interest in the field and how to get started in public service? You know, for public service, I think it's something that's been core to my family for generations. My mom taught in the city. Uh, my aunt just retired after 40-something, maybe even more than 40 years at DOE. My cousin's a DOE teacher. My grandfather worked for the Department of Sanitation, and I had a pretty strong military background in my family. My dad came from a Gold Star family. His uncle was killed in World War II. His dad, who was working at the Department of Sanitation at the age of 41, volunteered to go off to Europe during World War II. And so these are sort of the stories that I grew up with. Um, his stepfather, who was, you know, like my grandfather, um, had fought throughout Europe uh, under patent. So I, I grew up with those stories and was always drawn to sort of public service. Um, I think uh, it makes life meaningful when you're able to have an impact on other people. It's one of the things I love about emergency management. And, you know, for emergency management, I've sort of been tangentially involved um, in and out of the military. Um, I had an opportunity to go um, ashore in Haiti in 2010 after the earthquake. I actually met my wife volunteering in the wake of Hurricane Sandy um, out on the Rockaways. So uh, I had actually met her in September before. She was uh, not interested in me when I first met her. I know it's hard to believe that. <laughs> and uh, I was helping run some of the efforts out on the Rockaways with a great organization called Team Rubicon. And my wife wanted to volunteer with, um, you know, her daughter, now our daughter, Eloise, who was six turning seven. And nobody would let anybody under the age of 18 volunteer anywhere uh, in sort of the disaster zones of, of Sandy. Uh, and Meredith really wanted to, to bring Eloise out. She called the friend who had introduced us. She said, you should call Zach. Um, he's out in the Rockaways. Meredith said, I don't want to bother him. My friend said, he's been asking about you every day for the last two or three months. You're not going to be bothering him. So she came out. Uh, I got a date out of it. And um, so, you know, if you are involved in our CERT program, if you are volunteering in emergency management, you might meet your significant other. Uh, it worked for <laughs> me. Um, 
And then at the beginning of COVID, I had an opportunity to go in to Javits Medical Center initially as a volunteer and ended up becoming the deputy director there. And I think through all of those experiences, the thing I really fell in love with um, about emergency management is it's, it's an area where you sort of, uh, sort of have strategic impacts in terms of policy. You are working with senior leadership and decision makers at 30,000 feet. But you also get to really feel the immediate impacts of your work at the most local and personal level. And so at Javits, you know, we were, you know, within the same hour, we'd have a call with the White House, with the governor's office, with City Hall. But at the same time, you're down in the hospital beds, meeting with the people who you were actually caring for, helping them make a phone call home to Honduras or El Salvador or elsewhere and get in touch with their, their family members. And you really have that personal connection with the, the people that you're helping. And that, more than anything, really made me fall in love with this field. Thank you for sharing that. In emergency management, we talk about the whole community approach to preparedness um, and, act, frankly, the entire disaster cycle. And I've heard you say there is only we and not I, and that we're here to serve every New Yorker, whether they have been here for 20 years, whether they got here yesterday or they're coming tomorrow. So can you talk a little about the importance of building relationships within communities during what we call blue sky times or non-emergency times? Yeah, it's, it's incredibly important. I mean, I think for one, you know, government only works when it works together. And I think when you are faced with a disaster, um, as, a, as a civilian, somebody who's impacted by a disaster, um, and look, that could be, you know, a hurricane, it could be an earthquake, it could be, you know, uh, um, being evacuated from a subway tunnel, you know, like was done on Sunday. There was about a thousand people who got stuck on the seven train and the fire department, MTA, us, we worked to, to get them out. You know, you don't, when you, when, when you are affected and you are looking for government to help, um, you don't sort of see, oh, that's the federal government, that's the state government, this is the city government, this is the local government. It's all the same to you. Right, you're just looking for people to help, and I think for us, you know, what I've seen throughout my career is those partnerships are incredibly, incredibly important. Um, you know, just to give some some examples, I mean, even my work in the private sector, you know, I founded a nonprofit called the Headstrong Project that's now one of the largest providers of mental health for veterans in the U.S. And uh, President Obama. Um, I think it was probably around 2010, maybe 2011, made a commitment to end veteran homelessness. And in doing so, he sort of established that, okay, the Department of Veterans Affairs was going to be the lead agency, you know, but the Department of Labor is going to help with jobs. Department of Education is going to help with education. HUD is going to help with housing and really created a whole of government approach to this. But also he engaged the private sector um, to work with organizations like Headstrong to provide mental health and other services. And you saw a massive reduction in veteran homelessness from, I think it was like 200, 300,000 homeless veterans in the US down to less than 30,000. And it was really about that whole of government approach and engaging with the private sector. And I think similarly for us in blue sky times, you don't want the first moment that you're working with somebody, whether it's another agency, whether it's a private sector partner, whether it's a community group, to be in the middle of a disaster. You want to have that relationship ahead of time. And I think for us here, you know, we're always looking for those opportunities uh, to reach out and build those relationships um, when the skies are blue and not gray. 
You know, you don't want to exchange business cards in the middle of a disaster. That's an excellent point. Thank you. How have your previous experiences as a leader in the military and the nonprofit sector shaped your leadership approach? So, you know, I just, um, I'm coming right now. Earlier today, I had a meeting with uh, David Banks, the school's chancellor, and uh, we were talking about his father. His father was an NYPD officer, um, I think one of the first black chiefs in the NYPD, and actually been a mentor to Eric Adams, our current mayor. And I was talking to Chancellor Banks a little bit about just the importance of mentorship. And I have been incredibly lucky throughout my career to have remarkable mentors. Um, you know, whether it was my battalion commander, Colonel Willie Buell, um, you know, Colonel Buell really, you know, to this day, uh, and I served under his command, I mean, 16, 17 years ago. To this day, Colonel Buell will call me and he'll say, how's Alvarado doing? How's Hennessy doing? How's Martinez doing? He's checking in on guys that I was responsible for, Marines I was responsible for 17 years ago. But that responsibility to take care of your people in Colonel Buell's world, it doesn't end when you take off the uniform. It doesn't end when you relinquish command. And I think more than anything, what I've learned from a lot of my mentors is that, you know, you take care of your people. And that is the number one job of a leader is that, you know, you take care of them and they take care of the mission. I had a, another mentor in the Marine Corps, um, a guy named Captain John Maloney, who was killed in Iraq in 2005 um, and left behind a, a wife and, and two really remarkable um, young kids who are now in college and, and they're thriving. And it's a real credit to his wife and, and the work she has done um, since losing John. But John was somebody who, uh, encouraged all of us lieutenants, you know, he actually, it was, it was, he was one of my instructors at the Marine Corps infantry officer course. And it's a moment I will never forget in my career. We'd gone through this really, really difficult exercise, hadn't eaten or slept in days. And he thought this was a moment for a teachable moment. So he called all of us in. He had a school circle around him. We're waiting for the trucks to bring us back to the barracks. And he said, you know, I just have a simple question for you. What's more important your mission, your Marines. And this is the summer of 2002. All of us knew we were about to be leading Marines in combat. All of us knew that we'd be faced with that decision as to whether we were going to risk our Marines' lives for a mission. And we debated. And some of us thought that the mission was always paramount. Some of us thought sometimes you're given a mission that's not that important. And uh, one of us then asked him, and he said, I think you take care of your Marines and they take care of the mission. And I think that more than anything is fundamental to my leadership approach. Um, Really, you want to make sure the people that you're working with have the resources they need, that you're clear in what the mission is that you need them to accomplish, um, but that you have to make sure that, that you are supporting them so that they can do the best work of their careers. And that's my hope here at NISM. I hope that the people that are here right now can look back at their time at New York City Emergency Management and said, yep, yeah, that was a time in my career where I did the, the best work of my career, the most meaningful work of my career. Thank you, Commissioner, for that. That's very important that you mentioned you mentioned uh, mentorship because that's very important in all facets of life, whether your personal or um, professional life. Mentorship is very important. Um, thank you for that. What are you looking forward to the most here at NYC Emergency Management? So working with the great people here. You know, I mean, it, it really is. The, the, the people that I've met uh, at New York City Emergency Management are simply remarkable. Uh, these are people who are on 24-7. Um, they are driven by a commitment to public service and serving others. Um, they put other people first. And I'm really looking forward to building those relationships, uh, to investing in the culture here. 
uh, to you know having conversations about leadership and management and about the work that we do here. And that more than anything is, is what I'm most looking forward to. What do you want our listeners to know about you? God, I don't have a, such a good answer to this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, what do I want listeners to, to know about me? You know, more than anything else, um, I'm a husband and a father. Um, you know, that uh, I care deeply about New York and, and New Yorkers. I think, look, you know, I know, Ashley, you're from Boston and we'll forgive you for that, but <laughs> few places matter more in the arc of human history than New York City. You know, what happens here just doesn't happen anywhere else. You know, the numbers of languages spoken, the sort of um, uh, just what takes place here on a daily basis. And I think it's important as those of us that serve New Yorkers and that are custodians of that, um, that we take that seriously and that it's really humbling to um, get to be a part of this city and get to serve the city. Awesome. So, yep. <laughs> Thank you. Go Patriots. <laughs> so the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, but the ultimate question, what keeps you up at night? And your kids is an acceptable answer, but I don't know if uh, your wife would be too happy with that. My, it is that. my kids. It is 100% my kids <laughs> is what keeps me up at night. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um Speaking with Commissioner Zach Iskell, um, the new commissioner here at New York City Emergency Management, it is rapid response time. And if you are a first-time listener, it's simple. Prep Talk will ask questions, and our guest will give the first answer that comes to mind. But before rapid response, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management. New York City needs your help to make our communities safer, stronger, and better prepared. Support your community by getting involved in the NYC Emergency Management Share Your Space Survey. Do you manage or own a facility in NYC with a large interior room, like a community center? A place of worship? Or a campus facility? These can be used for outreach, for training, as a gathering space in an emergency, or as a disaster recovery center for your community. Community spaces can be used as a resource before, during, and after an emergency. Organizations citywide are encouraged to participate. Go to nyc.gov slash share your space survey. There, you can register your space. By working together, we can build resilient communities, one space at a time. Learn more at nyc.gov slash share your space survey or call 311. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. We are back with Rapid Response with Commissioner Zach Iskell. Commissioner, first question, what is one emergency item you cannot live without? The team here at New York City Emergency Management. <laughs> A first and I will accept I it. I will say if, if, if it's accepted. If it's not, I was going to go with a, a Wubi, which is, I don't know if you guys know what a Wubi is, but in the military, you have a poncho liner, which is probably the most comfortable blanket of all time. And for veterans, for service members, it's like a security blanket. It's like a little kid's blanket, but it is comfortable. It's warm. So I'll take New York City Emergency Management team if you'll take it. Otherwise, I'm going to go with a Wubi. 
Works for me. <laughs> what is the best professional advice you have received? So I have been, as, as I mentioned earlier, I've been very fortunate in terms of, of the mentors I've, I've had in my career. Um, you know, when I was a, a kid, um, my dad and I were uh, getting ready to go on a, a camping trip in the Adirondacks. And my dad was uh, tough to say the least. Um, and he was a hard guy, born and raised in Queens. And, you know, we had a packing list. And so we're going to the packing list for, for this hiking trip in, in the Adirondacks. It's probably in like second or third grade. And I, I couldn't wait to go with my dad. We're going through the list and, you know, checking off everything. And then we get to uh, my Swiss Army knife and I'd lost it. And um, my dad uh, put me in the car. We drove to the sporting goods store and he immediately bought me a new Swiss Army knife. And this was completely unlike him. And he handed it to me and he said, I want you to know that every man, everyone deserves a second chance. I'm never gonna buy you another Swiss Army knife for as long as you live, but I don't want you to forget this lesson. And I think for me, when I think about professional advice, um, you know, what I would want people to know is it's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to not learn from them. It's not okay to repeat them, but it's 100% okay to make those mistakes. And that giving people second chances, sometimes you get the best out of people. Absolutely. And my favorite question, what is on your playlist? Oh God, I'm embarrassed to admit. Um, so I'm listening to some great books on tape, but in terms of music, uh, I work out to the Les Mis soundtrack. My kids listen to Hamilton on repeat, so that's oh, perfectly really? fine. <laughs> I was like, okay. Ashley's judging now. <laughs> Ashley is definitely judging. No, What's on your play playlist, Ashley? I have a random, I have a bunch of random songs. You I'm should uh, give the Les Mis original London uh, cast uh, soundtrack a try. It's pretty remarkable. Okay, okay. I'll give it a shot. I will. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Okay, I will do. We'll do. <laughs> we'll figure out the hype song before the next activation. <laughs> Last but not least, sum up the work you do in one word. Incredibly meaningful. I will take it. It's more than one word, but we will take it. Speaking with New York City Emergency Management Commissioner Zach Iskell, thank you for your time. Uh, for those interested in learning more about Commissioner Iskell and the New York City Emergency Management team, you can visit us online at nyc.gov forward slash emergency management or listen to any of our prep talk or preparate episodes. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you all so much. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.